we tested things like Facebook ads. We tested things like marketing, you know, influencer marketing. We tested collaborations. We tested hiring a PR company. We tested going on huge like podcasting runs to understand where our customers were so that we could meet them where they were at in order to convert them to sales. Um, so I would say those are the two, three biggest things that I would recommend when you start thinking about a product business. What is keeping you from growing your business to the next level? I'm Jess Bergio, one of the hosts here for Fast Foundations, the podcast. Between the three of us, my co-hosts, Jim, RT, and I have grown several businesses scaling beyond seven figures. And you know what? Not a single one of those businesses came with a blueprint. For years, we poured time and resources into our businesses, from salons, tech companies, and product-based businesses, navigating success and failures on our own. For all of us though, it began to change in 2019 when we found a community of like-minded entrepreneurs and industry leaders to mentor us. That community was Fast Foundations. Just like the mastermind, we're bringing on experts and having discussions to give you tips to not only improve the foundational skill sets you need, but to also fast track your growth. We'll dive into the core pillars of what will make your business succeed. Whether you have a brand new idea that you're looking to turn into a business or you're already a successful entrepreneur looking to scale, this community is here to take you to the next level. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Fast Foundations podcast. This is RT Custer coming to you live uh, today. We're not actually live, but it feels like we are. I'm trying to show <laughs> up that way with my friend Kelly Hoosman. And she is going to tell us all about luxury branding, building luxury brands. I also run a luxury brand. I'm super stoked for this conversation with you, Kelly. My first question is, I mean, your Kayla Gray branding is just so awesome. And the luxury branding, it sounds like you just did a rebrand. I, what's your experience like running a CPG company? And why did you decide to go the luxury route instead of the mass market route? So I've spent the last 20 years um, of my life in leadership positions with other large retailers. Um, my first job was actually in the luxury space. I was an assistant buyer 20 years ago. Good Lord, I'm dating myself. 20 years ago for Saks Fifth Avenue. And I, cool. I fell in love with the connection and the luxury aspect of fragrance and the way that fragrance told a story. Um, and so that's always kind of been a thread throughout my entire life. And then I kind of shifted over into the mass market of CPG, mm -hmm. um, doing things for a grocery chain, a retailer grocery chain. And then um, my last position for the last 10 years was actually as a senior director of production and domestic sourcing for PetSmart. I stood up their domestic sourcing division for the company. And so was literally able to see both sides of retail, was able to see the luxury aspect um, side and then the side where we were just pushing units and doing, you know, temporary price reductions to get units and get customers through the door. Um, and to me, the thing that really spoke to me a lot more was the luxury side of thing. It told such a beautiful story that you don't get with all of the other brands that were um, really just pushing units and pushing sales. That's awesome. Thank you, Kelly. And, and before we get deeper into that, um, you know, take us back. How'd you get into CPG and, and DTC and, and real quick for the audience, that's consumer packaged goods or consumer products, physical things sold online or direct to consumer. How'd you get into this world? And, um, you know, what's what, what was your story and why are you so passionate about all this stuff? Um, so I was born in Wisconsin. Um spent a ton of time in nature, was always a little bit beauty obsessed. Um, with I just loved product and like playing with product, understanding product. I'm somebody who like 
I love to kind of take something and break down how things are done. Um, and so when I look at a product, I love to learn how it was produced, how it was put together. Um, I love to understand the process of literally creating something that you can physically use and like physically walk away with as a customer. Um, and when I first landed my very first job, I was, it was as an assistant buyer of fragrances and I was obsessively in heaven, in heaven. Um, I remember standing in the fragrance closet and like just falling in the way in love with the way that scents kind of told a story and really tied the story and the tie between scented memories so strong. And I've always really noticed that. So I've just loved consumer packaged goods. I've been in, that space for the last 20 years, leading other teams through that space and helping build other people's brands. But I always wanted to start my own company. My dad was an entrepreneur. He started uh, a company, an adhesive company. And so he, again, he sold adhesive to large consumer goods product businesses um, like Bush's Baked Beans and, you know, yeah. Sprecher Root Beer and like all the yeah. big guys. So I got to go and like visit factories with him and just kind of learn all the behind the scenes stuff on actual physical products. And it's just so special. But it's hard to walk away from a steady paycheck in corporate. And so I never really left. Um, the bonuses, all the things, uh, the promotions, all the things that kept me staying in corporate. Um, and I actually really enjoyed doing it too. Um, but I actually moved to Arizona in 2010, met my husband, and we started trying for a family. And we got pregnant in 2017. And I actually suffered from a ruptured ectopic pregnancy mm. and almost lost my life the same day. Um, the same day we lost our baby. And then it happened again in 2018. And it was really after those two moments that I realized life is so short. It's not guaranteed. I wanted to go after my dreams. I wanted to build my dream business. I wanted to build a really beautiful luxury aspirational business that people could get excited about using. And it's something that can create a ritual and a moment for them throughout their day. And so I started working on Kayla Gray and um, named the company Kayla Gray because that was going to be the name of our first baby. Um, mm. I just wanted a way to honor the loss by putting really beautiful things into the world. Um, yeah. So yeah, so launched the brand in uh, Black Friday of 2020. And we're, here we are a couple of years later. That's it's such a, a great story of, of ups and downs and the roller coasters of, of entrepreneurship. So thank you for, for sharing that. And um, and, and being transparent about the, the background of, of all that. And I, I love how you, you know, honor, honor the name. Um, and, and I, I love the way you said that and bring beautiful things into the world. Is that really the, the inspiration for what type of, of products that you decided to start with? Or when you, when you had the idea, did it start with, I want to bring beautiful things in the world? Or did you start with the ideas of your current product lineup and then, you know, tie in the name and, and all that stuff afterwards. I'm always curious on that, like the brand inception story. You know, what's interesting is I didn't realize I was, uh, we just went through a huge rebrand process and I had a big party last week to talk about, like to thank the people that had helped me build this business over the last two years and then to show them the rebrand. And I remember standing in that room and literally thinking, do you ever look back on your life and realize that all of these little tiny moments and threads throughout your life are leading you to the moment that you're literally standing in? And that was the moment I had. And I realized that fragrance for me has been a thread through my entire life, both from like literally my first dream job to be, you know, being an assistant buyer of fragrances to when I found out that I was pregnant, I was heartbroken because I, I realized that I actually couldn't wear and use all of my favorite fragrances because they were toxic. Um, yeah. And I had no idea. I had no idea. I was so ignorant <laughs> to it. Yeah. No idea. And after, you know, you read all the books and, you know, you try to clean up all the things in your life, it, 
it made me so sad that something that is such a an integral part of who I am as a person, I couldn't use it anymore. And so for me to create a clean beauty brand, you know, something that is non-toxic, hypoallergenic, something that we are very transparent with all of the ingredients in our product. It again was just a little nugget that was placed on my heart throughout my entire life that it just it was a natural evolution to me creating this brand. And it was just a very obvious, I was obsessed with fragrance. There's a need in the market, but more than anything, it was just, I wanted people to really feel something when they use my product. That's awesome. And when, when you talk about the, the inception of the products and, 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 and deciding on a, on a physical product, I mean, it sounds like your background, that was probably the only way to go. But before we hit record, you mentioned um, there's so much opportunity in the world for people like me and you that that have physical product ideas, but right now they're just selling services or or they're working a nine to five or things like that. What do you think, or what do you say to people that are like on the fence about bringing a product to life to life, um, and 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 that journey of, you know, is it is it worth it for all the all the stress? Yeah, I feel like a product building a product based business can be very expensive. Um, a lot of times, as you grow, like you're reinvesting the dollars, the profit that you're making into creating more inventory, um, getting out there and doing new customer acquisition, and so it's kind of like it's a constant like mountain that you're trying to climb. But the way that I think about product is that if you're a service based business and you're providing a service, like it to me, it's just such a naturally beautiful tie-in to actually give them a physical product for them to take away with. And that every time that they use that physical product, they're reminded of the service that you're giving them, Mm. whether it's a coaching or whether it's, you know, through sound baths, we just did a beautiful collaboration with one of my friends who does sound baths. And now literally every time her customers are using those scents, they're brought back to the moment in time and the intention in which they set while they were using her service. And so I think there's so much opportunity out there that a lot of times service-based businesses um, tend to not think about when you tie both service and product together. Totally. And uh, that, that ties me into a, a back to luxury and thinking about, you know, when, when I talk about watches and selling luxury wristwatches, you know, first of all, and we, we kind of laughed about this when, you know, earlier, it's um, I sell something that people don't need for a price that most people in the world cannot afford. And that's one way to define luxury. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Another way is, is, is how it makes you feel, you know, yeah. a mass market product makes you feel one way and a luxury product makes you feel a different way. And to me, that goes into the experience. So mm-hmm. w- walk us through the experience that you're trying to create with your products and it not just being the physical thing that you're holding, but like, how do you craft that experience from from packaging to the the actual look of the product itself to the user experience, what what are your pro tips for kind of designing that luxury experience? I think for me, luxury means something a little bit deeper than maybe it does for other people. When I when I intended to set out to be a luxury brand, to me it was about you should be expecting more from a luxury brand. You should be expecting more mm-hmm. personalized attention. You should be expecting products that aren't going to harm you that don't have toxic ingredients in them. Like it should just be an expectation of if you're paying more, you should be treated a certain way that makes you feel um, special. And it make it, it gives you mm-hmm. and creates an experience for you that sets you apart from a lot of the other brands out there. Um, and I was very intentional with the way that 
the photography that we have um, with the packaging. Like I wanted to have the very best packaging out there because I want it to be like this beautiful unboxing experience for people when they get our products. Um, it just, it literally elevates your every single day versus something that you could run to Walmart or Target get and just pick up off the shelf. Um, it does create for us. My, I really wanted my product to be a part of somebody's everyday ritual and create a certain sense of a deeper understanding of themselves and create meaning throughout their day. That's to me, what luxury means to me and, and what I was trying to create for my customers. That's awesome. And you mentioned a couple of retail stores. So I'm curious, do you, do you start with just direct to consumer? Um, are you in retail stores? How many, if so, like what, what's your thought process on that decision of uh, direct to consumer versus wholesale and, and retail? Yeah, I think um, I have a little bit of a different perspective coming from a retail background. Um, I really understand the ins and outs of what is required from brands when they go into mass retailers. And so when I started to build my brand, I was intentional about the growth strategy. So the first year of my brand, my goal was to essentially be 75% direct to consumer and 25% wholesale. So selling my products wholesale to a reseller, because that gave me the margin mix that I really wanted um, for the first year in business to allow me to reinvest in creating uh, more inventory in order to increase my sales. Um, so when you are a direct to consumer, when you have a direct to consumer sale, you get a larger margin than when you are a wholesale sale, because wholesale, you're essentially cutting your retail in half, um, to give those retailers a little bit of room to play with when they go to resell your item. And so then year two of the business, um, we did a little bit more of a shift. So we're about 50% direct to consumer, 50% in retail shops. And right now, I'm being pretty strategic with um, who we're partnering in terms of retail, because the second year of business, I really wanted retailers that could give me direct customer feedback, both from a retail perspective. I wanted them to give me advice on packaging. Um, I wanted to understand what their customers were saying before we went into this rebrand this year in year three, so that I knew exactly the adjustments that I wanted to make when I went into a larger production run. So this year, we're at about 250 retailers. and we're about 50-50, so 50% direct-to-consumer, 50% wholesale. And that's a number that I'm hoping to pretty much stay consistently with in order to get the margin mix that um, I want for the growth of my company. Hey, it's RT. Thanks so much for listening to the Fast Foundations podcast. I want to see you in the room. I don't want you to just be hearing my and our voices. Let me tell you about the Fast Foundations Mastermind. It's a six-month-long program, and it's our signature program. It's how you join our community. Every time we talk about this amazing community of almost 400 people that have gone through our mastermind that we have here on the podcast that we hear from and our mentors, all that kind of stuff, all the guest speakers, the coaches, all the awesome things that we get to do, it all starts with the mastermind. It's a six-month-long program with two two-day in-person events. One's in Scottsdale, one's in Denver. Yes, they're in amazing, beautiful places. We have them in cool spots because that's fun. We also give you six months with a coach, one-on-one. And the most important thing is once you go through that mastermind and you learn from all these amazing speakers that we bring in, learn from your coach, grow with me and Jim and the rest of our team, you get lifetime access to our community. Every single thing that we do is recorded and uploaded into a private platform off of Facebook, off of the social medias, all that kind of crap. And it's saved in one place that you have, again, 
lifetime access to. So when you join the Fast Foundations Mastermind, which you can learn more about at fastfoundations.com and click on join the community to apply. When you join this mastermind, you're in our community for life. I really hope to see you in the room and I hope to talk to you soon. That's awesome. And that's always a hard decision as you build a company and it's it's all, I mean, it all comes down to the money and, and the, the profit margins, like you're saying, and and doing that math. Um, I've done that math many a time and um, <laughs> current currently we're like 98% direct to consumer because yeah. um, that's the only way I can achieve the, um, the foundations that we want. Um, yeah. But I love, I, I love what you said about working with retailers and getting um, feedback because mm -hmm. there's something, there's the level of feedback you get from someone standing in a store and holding your product and holding your competitor's product and making a decision. You know, th there's, there's no way to achieve that virtually. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I guess, theoretically, Amazon kind of does that with recommended yeah. products. And, you know, people can pull up two websites, but nobody's doing that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. What are your retailers saying? You know, like what what kind of um, conversations do you get to have with the, the buyers? And what does that process uh, look like and feel like? Yeah, so we do quarterly surveys. So we send it out to our buyers just to ask what customers are saying about our products, ask um, what they would like us to improve, how we can improve. And when I first launched the business, all of my packaging, it, we did this intentionally because of money. You know, I only had a certain amount of money that I had to invest in inventory and marketing and all of the things that you, you have when you launch a business. And so all of my SKUs had the exact same packaging with it. And I have different scents. And so I knew that retailers were going to come back to me and say, we would love to have different types of packaging for every different type of scent. Um, yeah. But to do that, it's pretty pricey. Um, yeah. And so that was the, resoundingly from all of the different retailers. It was, we would love a way to differentiate better the different types of scents. And I was doing it through sticker labels. And so right now we literally just relaunched our rebrand last week and we have now all new packaging for every different type of scent. So those are types of things that are invaluable when it comes to retailer feedback and why I felt it was super important to be in retailers. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we'll ever, like you said, I don't know that we'll ever have the majority of our product in retailers because as you, especially as you get into the larger retailers, your margins just get slimmer and slimmer and slimmer, especially when it comes to things like getting dinged for vendor compliance and transportation and all the, you know, TPRs and marketing, all the things that large retailers charge you for, but the feedback that they get and the eyes that they get on your brand is something that, you would probably pay a lot more money in marketing for than you would if you were just able to get into some key strategic retailers that match the aesthetic um, and the cost your customer avatar. Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. And just thinking about retailers, and then you know, I, I brought up Amazon. Um, I'm curious if you sell on Amazon or if you plan to. I'm I'm one of the next people I'm interviewing is a person that runs a like a thousand person mastermind full of um, Amazon sellers. And, mm, okay. um, and there's people that build their business completely on Amazon. So what are your thoughts on, on Amazon and similar retailers like that? Yeah, so Amazon, we did a test on Amazon. Amazon is a little bit harder for the beauty space because there's so many companies out there that are knocking off beauty products um, that are not mm, authentic. Yeah. They don't work very well. Um, tons and tons and tons of knockoff 
beauty products on Amazon. And so I tested it. Um, I tested using fulfillment by Amazon, sent them, you know, about a couple hundred bucks of inventory. It was a low, it was a low dollar test. Um, and then placed a bunch of orders for myself. And uh, yeah, <laughs> what came back to me in the mail was kind of shocking. All of my candles were melted yeah. and broken in pieces. Just the way that they cared for my product is not, not the customer experience that I wanted for my customers. And right. I was bummed because it's a it's a beautiful sales channel. I mean, you know, you can't get bigger than Amazon. Right. And so it was a bummer that they were just unable to handle uh, my product in the way that I was hoping that for the customer experience that I wanted my my you know my customers to have. So we tested it, we learned, we took our stuff off of Amazon. We may test it again in the future and just do, you know, fulfillment straight out of our own fulfillment center. So yeah, we tested it. I'm not quite sure. I'm unsure about where I want to go with Amazon in the future. No, and that's it. thank you for for answering that the way you did because that that's exactly why I asked it. It's I I've heard great experiences with it mm -hmm. and um a lot of people in the luxury space especially just they say exactly what you just said which is amazon's wonderful and it's massive yeah. and there's yeah. so many eyeballs but it's not just about the product it's about the yeah. experience and until they perfect that you know maybe it maybe it doesn't make sense so i i love the way that your brain just processed all of that stuff and like it sounds like you you operate in a similar way to to a lot of us um you know in the fast foundations community and how we talk about which is like test it try it fail yes. fast fail often fail small yeah. you know and yeah. then iterate and go so if if i'm considering you know creating a physical product maybe walk us through like the 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 number like i don't know the top three things i should test or try or dip my toe in the water first um before i like go all in does that make sense yeah i would yeah totally um i would say the top three things for me is really i did a lot of customer survey and customer feedback um surveys before we actually launched the product so i mm. created a concept i had i think a 25 person survey that i sent out and ask people to fill out and I would give them a hundred dollar gift card to a small business of their choice in order for them to fill it out. Cool. It gave me immediate customer feedback on the type yeah. of products and things that people are looking for to help me kind of create the vision behind my brand. Um, so that was one thing that I would say would be a really great idea to kind of do before you start to invest dollars into um, a product. Second is just get a product out there once you get that feedback, um, because the first product that you get out into the market Obviously, find a manufacturer who has low minimum order quantities. You're not going to want to put a ton of money into your first product, but get a product out there. Ask questions. What is how are customers feeling about it? What would they improve about the product? Because you're going to want to understand what changes you need to make before you invest in a larger production run on your product. And then third is test and learn a whole bunch of different marketing concepts. We took the entire first year of our business to test and learn everything in 90 day increments. So mm. we tested things like Facebook ads. We tested things like marketing, you know, influencer marketing. We tested collaborations. We tested hiring a PR company. We tested going on huge like podcasting runs to understand where our customers were so that we could meet them where they were at in order to convert them to sales. Um, so I would say those are the two, three biggest things that I would recommend when you start thinking about a product business. Fantastic. Thank you, Kelly. W uh, when you tested those marketing things, I'm just curious because I just as much as I love physical products, I also love marketing. Um, what, what are the things that ended up working for you? Like what, what do you think right now, post pandemic, especially with your retail mix, are Facebook ads still the thing? Did the PR thing work? Um, are podcast store tours still effective? 
Um, what what marketing channels do you, do you most want to, to keep investing in right now? I think what was really interesting to me is that all of the paid marketing tactics were the least effective. Mm. And so for me, things like collaborations where I would connect with another small business owner or another, for my brand, another woman in business and create something beautiful together, yeah. um, helped connect my customers a little bit deeper with the meaning behind my company. And then a second thing that that worked for us was um, PR. And really PR for me was uh, getting a sense of authority within the beauty space because mm -hmm. people are actually putting my product on their physical body. And so for me to be able to, to have proof of concept, to have people talk about my brand was something that's just um, important in a space that is so incredibly saturated, uh, like the beauty spaces for me. Um, so those were two things that really moved the needle for my business. And honestly, just me busting my ass and getting out there and networking with other people. Um, the paid ads, the, you know, the influencers, those types of things, just um, they weren't authentic, I would say. Um, and I think people feel that and are looking for something um, deeper and more meaningful in their shopping habits than they have been in the past. Totally agree. Yep. And that's honestly, that's mostly what what's worked for us at the same, same path. And it's funny how the things that you literally invest a bunch of cash in, pay yeah. off less than the things that are just a handshake or a conversation yes. with somebody else. So yeah. that's, that's how we learn though. Like you said, we got to test it. We yeah. got to try it and we got to find out. Um, yeah. But before we wrap up, I just pulled up your website um, again, you know, I was on it earlier as we were chatting um, and just kind of admiring your, your luxury branding. But um, can you take just two minutes and just sell our audience on why your products are so awesome? Because I need everyone listening to this to go to your website and just be inspired by this branding, first of all. Um, but second of all, when you get there and tell us where to go, please, uh, for sure, okay. in, in, in the best way. Um, but when you get there, what are your favorite products? What's the one thing I should buy before leaving your website? I love that. So um, so we are a clean fragrance company and our website is uh, kaylagray.com, which is C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y.com. And clean fragrance is, it's an interesting space. Nobody's regulating what clean means in the beauty industry. Um, hmm. Actually, they're in Europe, they restrict over 1300 ingredients in beauty. And in the US, they restrict 11 ingredients. And so nobody's really regulating wow. um, what beauty means, uh, what clean beauty means. And so we're very, we're one of the few companies, uh, fragrance companies that actually discloses all of the ingredients in the word fragrance on our website. Um, because hmm. fragrance companies are not required by law to disclose their ingredients. And there can be thousands of ingredients within the word fragrance on all of the different products out there. Um, and it was important to me to be transparent of what's in our products, because if I'm going to call myself a luxury brand, if we're telling you that we're better than all of the other brands out there, then we, we need to put our money where our mouth is. And so we are one of the few fragrance companies that discloses all of our ingredients. We do perfumes, candles. Um, we're launching a bunch of different bath and body products within the next year. And so I would recommend going on our website and testing out our discovery kit. So our mm. discovery kit has one of each of our core scents in it. It's a way to kind of test and see which one resonates with you the most. And then once you purchase a discovery kit, you actually get a coupon in the mail for 20% off the cost of a full-size bottle. Um, so essentially you're almost paying for your discovery kit when you transition into a fuller size bottle. 
And then we also release seasonal scents. So as people, we're not one thing forever, right? We continue to evolve and grow. And to me, scent also evolves and grows as you do as a person. And so we release seasonal scents every quarter. And that's a scent that you can kind of layer on top of your core scent to create something new and personal for you. So yeah, that's a little bit of behind the scenes about our brand. That's awesome. Thank you. And I'm so I'm looking at the discovery kit now. And if you're listening to this or, or watching this, you got to check this out. This is what a lot of people in marketing call a foot in the door offer. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's like your discovery kit is $22. And what's, what would you say the average price point is for your other products? Um, so we've got rollerballs for 30, full size yep. perfumes for 78. Yep. And so for only 20 bucks, roughly, mm-hmm. I can test out, try out, and more importantly, experience the Kayla Gray brand, which is, first of all, Kelly, brilliant. But if you want to get into this kind of space, you need something to get your foot in the door. And that's a huge learning that we found on all different brands that we've worked with. And so I'm, yeah, I'm just sitting here in awe of, of the brilliance of this marketing campaign. So um, appreciate you, Kelly. This is super, super cool. Real quick, what's the best way besides, I mean, uh, tell us your website again and the, you know, all, all that, but the best way to connect with you if they want to learn more about your brand, connect with you one-on-one, because it sounds like you do um, mentorships as well and mm-hmm. share your brilliance with people. So um, how, do I, how do I connect with you on, on those things? Yeah. So our website, um, again, is kaylagray.com. So C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y.com. Um, we're all over Instagram. That's probably why where you'll find the most up-to-date information on, you know, trade shows, markets, pop-ups, all of, you know, new releases, all the different things. Um, and our Instagram is Kayla Gray Co. So at C-A-Y-L-A-G-R-A-Y-C-O. And then me personally, my Instagram is uh, Kelly underscore Ward, W-A-R-D underscore Kusman. K-U-S-S-M-A-N. And yeah, we do um, a mentorship program every single year. We bring in three to four small businesses for free and help them um, start and scale their business. And then I also do coaching for a company called Founder. So yeah, I would love to connect and learn about everybody's businesses and see if product can be a great fit for you. That's awesome. So Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your mentorship with us today. If you want to connect with her, uh, just check out the either the show notes underneath us here if you're watching on YouTube or underneath on your phone on your podcast app of choice where you're listening in. We'll put all the links that, that she just rattled off there for you real quick. I'm also going to include this link directly to the discovery kit because I just can't talk about how great that idea is. Start there. So awesome. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us. That was another episode of Fast Foundations, another mentor session from another beautiful, intelligent, amazing human mentor that we get to share our time with. Thank you, Kelly. We'll see you all later. Thank you so much for tuning in. For more free business tips like this, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Instagram at fast.foundations. What was your biggest takeaway from this episode? We want to know. Tag us on Instagram, share this episode with a friend, and leave us a five-star rating and review so we can reach more incredible entrepreneurs like you. We're so glad to have you as part of our community. Go to our website, fastfoundations.com, for details on our next in-person event. This podcast is sponsored by Carter & Custer Agency at carterandcuster.com.